Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I don't know if God works in your life like this, but uh, when he's trying to get something to me, through me, he is repetitive. He is not only repetitive, he makes it where he speaks to me in different ways where I am like these two things, these three, four things are not interconnected, but for whatever the reason, God is making sure that he confirms that, yes, I am trying to get your attention. I will be on my social media platform of choice, and then I'll go ahead and go on YouTube, or I'll go ahead and then have a conversation, or I'll see something else in passing as I'm researching something on the internet. And it is this blaring, blatant, in the spirit where I'm like, God, you are very, very clear. I don't know the grandbabies and where they came up with the saying of like, they don't know, they can't hear you. They can't, you are so clear. Like I, you are making what you want to tell me very, very known. And I don't understand anyone else who says that they can't hear you or they haven't been able to hear what the next steps are. And what he told me so delicately in my soul, he said, and that's because they're not sitting long enough for me to inform them. I said, oh, he said, yeah, because uh, this is a message that I have been trying to get to you for a very long time, but you were just so busy and trying to get somewhere and trying to accomplish things and trying to make it another day, make it another year, check off your checklist, go ahead and write your to-do list, go ahead and cross that thing out as completed on your goal list. And you got your five-year plan, you got your 10-year plan, you got your six-month plan, you got the one-year plan, you got the new year, new me. You have all these different things that are corroding the messages that I'm trying to get to you. And what you don't understand is that I'm not going to speak louder I'm going to speak softer and consistent and hopefully you will then see at some point that you can't hear me and that most of the external situations that you got going on needs to be adjusted in volume or needs to be replaced in your life. But uh, you need to make space for me to speak to you. I said, "Mm." because if I'm honest This particular topic has mm, graced my soul at some point, but I never paid attention. And that is the topic of rest. There have been times that I have been working places and I'm like, I'm tired. I think I'm going to take tomorrow off. You know what? My body just needs. I think I'm going to go ahead and speak to my doctor about getting FMLA. Yeah, the medical situation. I'm going to tap in on the medical side because they're not going to tell him no. Legally, they can't, so I'm covered. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know what? I think I'm going to go. Oh, I ran out of PTO. I think I'm going to use some vacation time because I just I need to go ahead and just. You know what? Tomorrow, mm, today trained me. So tomorrow what I'm going to do is I'm going to sleep in like it's a weekend. <laughs> like I'm just going to go ahead. And if I'm honest, I can see certain portions of my life where my soul was saying we're tired. And what I translated that as was, oh, I need to get sleep. <laughs> Just a couple of hours here, a little nap will do. You know, I'm, I'm trying to go ahead and implement, okay, when can I squeeze in a nap? And what I realized is that my soul was trying to collaborate with my body so that it can get to my mind so that my spirit can start going ahead and, and leading me in the way that God wants me to lead. And it's like, no, it's not about going to sleep. It's about the lifestyle that you're living that doesn't look like a state of relaxation. And then I started coming up with excuses. Well, how am I supposed to relax? I work this kind of job. How am I supposed to relax? I got kids. I got this. I got that. And and Holy Spirit just nudged me so softly. He was like, how do you think that Jesus was able to get some good rest? I'm talking about memory foam in the middle of a boat breaking down and the disciples being all afraid. Like, let's not wake him up yet. Let's see if we can go ahead and get this situation together on our own. And then when they finally came to Jesus and they saw how good he was sleeping, they were like, sir. Do you not care that we finna drown? Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And he was like, oh, um, uh, peace be still. <laughs> What's going on? Why y'all waking me up like that? And then he went back to sleep. It's how I like to envision it. He was like, how do you think he was able to 
go ahead and get rest like that because Jesus wasn't in a rush. I actually, every time that I'm watching and reading and seeing it illustrated in my soul, when I'm watching Jesus, I'm like, I don't see that he had the hurry up game. It wasn't like, I mean, even when people were trying to hurry him up, quickly come to my house, heal my servant, quickly, there's a child that's sick, quickly you need to, he was like, oh, okay, I'll go to your house. And he's making his way downtown, you know, in the pace that Jesus would be pacing very, very slow to the point that Mary and them was like, bro, if you would have came a little earlier, my brother Lazarus, <laughs> he was like, oh, I, well, I told you that for with God, nothing is impossible. And if you believe like, why, why are you tripping? Like, what's up? Like, listen, y'all go over there. I'm gonna go over here and pray. Listen, I'm gonna sit under this tree and I'm gonna just, you know, to soak this all in. This is beautiful. Look what we created. Like, and just grasping and breathing in the moment. And it's like, Jesus, do you not understand that there's people who need to be healed, sir? There's people who need to be able to see, who need to be able to walk, who need to be able to speak. There's some people who need a, a, a healing in their body. There's a woman with an issue of blood for 12 years. Like, sir, I need you to come on. And he's like, yeah. So busy is not spiritual. Rush, rush, rush is demonic. Yeah, we going to go ahead and go there. <laughs> I don't know where y'all picked this up at, um, but even God didn't rush. He took his time with creating the world. He took his time when it was time to create the second one. He wasn't in no rush. And he's been drilling that into my soul. He's like, I need you to understand rest. Because I want you to live a life of rest. Can I be honest with you about something? Before I met my husband, I suffered for almost 13 years with the issue of hyperthyroidism. Hypothyroidism runs in my family. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus because we already repented and rebuked that particular curse because we do not. <laughs> That's not my bloodline no more. We in the bloodline of Jesus. Hmm. Okay, great. And so when I was told initially, hey, you take this medicine for a year and everything is going to be fine. But medicine can't override mechanics. Medicine cannot override your habits in your habitual state of being. And what was happening, it was everything was a rush for me. Got to hurry up and get ready for work. Got to hurry up and drop them off at daycare. Got to hurry up. And so when you live in that state, the body is obedient. The body is very much in like, we're going to be one with the soul. <laughs> okay, so what are we doing? Oh, we're hurrying up. Quickly, let me go ahead and tell the thyroid, which is the master gland, that we need to go ahead and be in a state of constant hurry up. And so one year turned into five years, turned into, by the time that I actually met my husband, I was on my last little like, okay, whatever I need to do, because quality of life means a lot to me. I'm like, what do I need to do? The doctor, I, I knew I didn't want, want to cut out. I was like, I don't want the Edward Scissorhands situation on my neck. So the doctor was like, okay, we'll give you this radioactive pill. You'll go ahead and take this and it'll be done. But this thing was not only hyper, this thing was not only enlarged, but it actually looked like if you were to look at my neck, it looked like a baby hamster was stuck in there. It was like, bro, why is that poking out of your neck like that? So I knew it was time. Like, okay, I didn't feel well. My, all the things, like if you really look up with the thyroid control, you'll be like, oh, that's why it's the master gland. It controls your cycle as a woman. It controls your hair. It controls your nails. It controls your skin. Like everything. You're like, oh, everything runs through you. Like very much. And so I went and I had the radioactive pill, which I was supposed to take and just go ahead one time and it be done. It's supposed to go ahead and destroy it. And then they told me, you, you're going to have to take a pill to replace that organ because it won't be there for the rest of your life. So I went into prayer. I said, God, I don't want to depend on any medicine but you. But if this is the way that I'm going to receive my healing, then I'm, then I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Cool. Uh, I went ahead and took the radioactive pill. I came back for my follow-up. They were like, uh, it didn't work. 
Let's do it a second time. We normally don't do it a second time. And let me tell you something about radioactive. It's exactly what it sounds like. I couldn't be around my family members. I was supposed to use plastic utensils. I couldn't use the same restroom as my family. Yeah, it was giving very much radioactive. Like they weren't playing. So to do it a second time, it was like, ugh. So y'all going to make me ready or radioactive? <laughs> like that's like double the active, isn't it? Okay, great. So it took it a second time. They were like, dang. This thing still didn't work. So they were getting ready to do it a third time. And then I felt like, I think I need a second opinion. Something about this is not feeling right. Now, I'm not no second opinion grandbaby. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. I am absolutely positively a rule follower. It just so happened. <laughs> um, that's the human way of saying God intervened, that I moved. And I, I was not going to drive as far as I was getting ready to drive to go see a doctor. So I was like, yo, we got to, I can't. I'm not doing an hour plus to see a doc. Like, no, let's just go ahead. And when I went ahead and saw the second doctor, a little younger, fresh out of um, med school, probably a couple of years removed, he was like, they want to do it a third time? They shouldn't have even done it a second time. He was like, wait a minute, let me check your levels just to see where we're at. And um, yeah, like, well, can, you mind if I do that before we just jump into doing it a third time? Why did he, mm, I don't know, let's just check it. I said, cool. Saying cool as a grandbaby who's scared to take needles. I was like, I, sir, let's just, I'd rather swallow a pill than you take blood from me. Like, that's how I'm just not a part of the needle grandbaby crew. Just, it is what it is. I come back for that follow-up so we can discuss my blood levels. And he's like, I don't know what happened, but um, your thyroid is normal. It's a normal size now. And when I check your levels, everything is fine. He said, let's do this. Let's continue to check every six months just to see where you're at. I'm like, okay, cool. Because I have, I had gotten to the end of me. I ain't going to hold you. I get why the woman with the issue of blood after 12 years was like, look, if I could just touch the him. So I was ready for whatever. Like, however y'all need to do it. If you need to go through my eyeball, like, <laughs> whatever. You understand? And so every six months, he was like, you're fine. He was like, why don't we do this? Because I don't want you to keep coming all the way out here. It don't make no sense. Do you have a primary care doctor? I was like, yeah. He was like, have your doctor check like every year. I said, okay. Do you know from that time frame on, uh, I've been fine. God has healed. Would you say? You want to give a hand clap of praise? Oh. And I tell you that story not only because Holy Spirit just sprung that on me to tell you, but I literally heard one of the statements that just truly shook me in a way that I was like, hmm. And I can trace back that that was the moment God was trying to get my attention. When I called the doctor and I was like, hey, can you check my levels? Because I, I don't I don't feel like I don't feel right. He's like, sure. He checks my levels. I call back. He's like, your results came back. Everything is fine. I said, really? And he must have heard the shock in my voice. And he said, oh, okay, listen, you have been operating in the level of abnormality for so long that you're going to have to get used to being normal again. I mm, Holy Spirit, speak, speak, Holy Spirit, speak, Holy Spirit, speak. He said, you have been in a state not for months, for years of operating in a level of abnormality. I had an engorged thyroid. Rebuke that in the name of Jesus. They gave it all these different names. It was Graves' disease. Rebuke that. And so they can see. The doctor was like, I'm sorry, look up, swallow. Ooh, what's yeah, is, does that hurt? Because they were getting concerned. Like, bro, that's near your windpipe. But the mighty name of Jesus, you can be around what you want to be around. God got his hand on your girl. <laughs> Do you understand? Wait, matter of fact, come on. Just give God the glory. Hallelujah. And so I'm like, oh, okay. But the fact that he said, you, you have to just, you have to put that into perspective. You've been living the last decade plus of your life in this state. You've been doing all your regular chores, doing all your mommyism, going to work, doing all the things. And you've been operating in that way for so long that it's going to take time for your body to get used to being normal. I said, and you sure the levels are good? He was like, I'm looking at them. They look great. Huh. And so that stayed with me. 
And God reminded me in this moment, he said, I have been trying to get your attention for so long. I have been trying to get your attention that how you've been operating has been abnormal. I need you to, he had to show me, and I'm a little bit embarrassed, but we have, you know, unveiled conversations. And so this is what's going to be said. I had a perverted view on rest. And I could plot point when and how that happened. I remember going to school Monday through Friday, having to wake up early, go someplace I don't like to go, learn stuff I don't want to learn, be around people I don't want to be around. Blah, blah, blah. That Saturday, I looked forward to sleeping in because what were we doing on Sunday? We was getting up early in the morning. We was going to church. We were doing all the things. And so Saturday, I really looked forward to sleeping in because the grandbaby that I've never been was an early one. And so what would happen? My mother would literally wake us up crack of dawn because guess what? Saturday meant chores and I just remember saying can I get one day that I can just sleep in and she literally I remember it like it's yesterday she said I'd rather you get up do your chores then go back to sleep okay ma'am obviously you don't know how the human brain works once we're up we're up you think I could sleep after smelling this bleach and making these toxic chemical mixtures that we didn't know about back then. You think I'm happy? You think the smell of pine saw is is lavender? Okay. You think that burning all this and doing all that and sweating a little bit as you play music in the background that's slowly waking me up. You think after that I can go ah now I can go back to sleep? Who who can know it? <laughs> like that ain't even make any sense. And I remember being restful during the summertime. And her literally saying, get up. Y'all not going to be lazy. Y'all ain't going to be sleeping in all day. Y'all ain't going to. And so rest, I learned as a child, was frowned upon. It was viewed as lazy. It was viewed as you need to be doing something. Go outside. Go scrape up your knees. Go do. And so the act of busy was more accessible and acceptable. And so it was like, yo, before she say anything to me, I'm going to just go ahead and start doing some stuff. I think she, I don't know, fold napkins. Like, <laughs> clean your toothbrush. Like, do something. It's just the fact of seeing you busy was enough to keep her from bothering me. And then at work, you start to be going to the adulting field and they're like, oh, okay, if you want a break, it's timed and anything over your timed break, you're going to get reprimanded. And if you want time off, then you should have accrued and um, incurred so much time that this is the only time that you're allowed to have off before you're reprimanded through pay. Oh, if, and if you don't have that particular time, then guess what? You're about to be, uh, there's going to be some dollars short on your check. And then you go ahead and you have kids. And guess what? Sleep is the sister cousin to... <laughs> Never again, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain time period that saying that you're sleepy is like, yeah, th- we, we get that. You got a newborn. You, you got somebody who's teething. You have you has the potty training stage or whatever it is. It's just understood that, you know, you're probably not going to be the most relaxed. And God has been showing me and literally letting it blare to me. I need you to relax. So I actually found myself wanting to go ahead and look up R&R. Because you hear people saying that when it's time for vacation or it's time for whatever. And I was like, where did that come from? And I saw a whole bunch of different, like, definitions. One was saying it was like rest and recuperation. Um, but the it, it, something else said that it was actually, I think this was on Wikipedia, that it actually was a military term that originated and the true meaning was rest and restoration. So I was seeing rest and restoration. I was seeing rest and recuperation. I was seeing, but there were some things that I was like, you know what? The two definitions or the two words that got my attention and made me want to look it up was recuperation and restoration. Because those are not the words that I'm used to hearing when it comes to R&R. I always thought it was like rest and relaxation because again, I only heard it in terms of, oh, we're going on vacation to get some R&R. Cool. So I looked up what recuperation means. And according to the Miriam dictionary and the bishops over there, the first definition was recovery from illness or exertion Two, the recovery or regaining of something. Hmm. Okay. Recoup the recovery of exertion. Got it. Then I looked up restoration 
The act of returning something to a former owner, place, or condition. I was like, time out. God is not saying rest because you got bags under your eyes. God is saying rest because you are not in the original state in which he created for you to be. He literally showed me, he said, why do you think when people don't feel well, they go to the hospital? And I was like, God, you ask me questions that you know. He was like, no, I'm trying to see if you know. And I was like, well, and so when I was sorting through like, well, they need to see a doctor. He was like, "Mm, not necessarily, because sometimes when they get there, you got to call the doctor on call or you have to. So they're not going there for the doctor. And I was like, okay, they're going there for the medicine. He's like, "Mm, not really, because you can get medicine from a pharmacy. There's 24 hour pharmacies. There's over the counter stuff. So if you're looking for medicine, then the pharmacy and you know the the pharmacy should be absolutely it should look like Coachella I was like true he was like why do you think people go to the hospital when they don't feel well what's the number one thing that is there that everyone gets when they go there I said a bed he was like "Mm mm-hmm because half of the time the only time that some people actually get the rest that they need is when they go to that particular establishment. Yeah, that's the time that you get a room to yourself. Like to put the body in a place to recline you to a posture of rest. Some people only get that in the hospital. Some people only get that level of quiet at a hospital. Some people, I was like, ooh, you know what? That that kind of got my attention. He was wanting for me to know I need you to look at rest different. When I first left my job, one of the first battles that I had to conquer was what time do I wake up? Now that I don't have a corporate nine to five telling me to come here at this time, this time, the third, what time do I actually get up? And so I did what any kind of new aspiring entrepreneur grandbaby would do. I looked up to see what, you know, the, the other grandbabies who are entrepreneurs say. And there were some that were like, I'll get up at three o'clock in the morning and I'll grind and I'll blah. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> I could stay up to three o'clock in the morning if I push myself. Cause I did it when I was younger, when it was showtime at the Apollo, but I don't know if I could go to sleep and then purposely wake up at three. Okay. That's not going to work. Okay. So what's something else? Then I went ahead and I told you this part. I saw someone else that was like, yo, you should get up at 5 a.m. And you should be working out and you should be this night and third. There's even a book called the 5 a.m. Club. So I was like, cool. I got up at 5 a.m. And when I tell you, I'm not a coffee drinking grandbaby, but I was like, I feel like I need coffee. I was getting up feeling like a mummy. It was zombie flow. And so I remember saying to my husband, like, I am exhausted. He was like, so why are you up? And I couldn't really answer that. I was like, because I'm supposed to start my day. He was like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't really... And so trial and error, I was like, okay, let me see what my body actually functions well in. It's not seven hours. It's not eight hours. The number one golden number for me, win, lose, or draw, I'm talking about that I wake myself up before the alarm. I need exactly nine hours. Anything before that feels like, uh, ma'am, run that back, Quavo. (laughs) Like, what you doing? I don't feel well. I feel groggy. I feel attitudinal. I feel irritable. I feel it's like, uh, but I'm trying to meet a mark because I'm supposed to get up. And God was like, so if I made you in a way that this is your magic sleep number, then why don't you just comply with your natural mechanics? It was funny because I came across a meme that showed intermittent fasting and I laughed. I was like, I was low key doing that anyway, because that's my body's natural mechanics. I'm not hungry all throughout the day. That's weird. I don't, I'm not that grandbaby. And so God was like, if you accepted, that's how you eat. Then why haven't you accepted? This is how you get good sleep. Now we attach Maybe you had a mother that was like mine. We attach sleeping and or sleeping in as lazy. But he was like, are any of your responsibilities suffering because you're sleeping? Like, do you need to do something important? And you're like, eh, I'm just going to go ahead and go to sleep because that's how the Bible describes laziness. Laziness in the Bible is the person who has food in their hand and says that they're hungry and is too lazy to put the food to their mouth. Paraphrasing. 
literally seeing that things need to be done and then like, ah, I'm just going to go back to sleep. Like hitting the snooze button on things that are important. That's not, that's not the lazy that we have identified. The world identifies lazy as doing a state of nothingness, but yet there's nothing wrong with that. Like God had to really like reconfigure my ideals behind rest. And I was like, yo, so I took away all the time frames that everybody else was saying, and I wanted to just take the principles. What is the principle behind resting? Resting is your body's way of fighting defenses. Resting is your body's way of going ahead and reconfiguring and filtering through and doing all the things that the organ does. Resting it ha- is connected to your attitude. It's connected to how lively you feel and look. It's connected to all these different things. But if you are trying to connect your rest and the way that God configured you to somebody else's number, then you're not going to look the way that God wants you to look both externally and internally. I'm trying to get up five o'clock in the morning and I'm kicking myself because I literally want to go back to sleep. But guess what happens when I wake up on my ninth hour? I feel great. And God is like, like to the point that he's been challenging me. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you this. He told me next week, I want you to have one day that you do absolutely nothing. Not Sunday, not making a Sabbath. Like I want you to literally sit with yourself. And he told me sit with yourself. And every time that you have a, Oh, I should be doing something. Like, I want you to go ahead and sit with that. Bring it to me and let's dissect where you got that from so that we can kill it from the root. And it, because it's given fig tree. You have this tree in your life that is not serving you, that is not serving the fruit that I want you to have, but yet it's here. If it's not serving a purpose, then we need it to be gone. Just like the way Jesus cursed the fig tree, we're going to curse this thing that actually has you looking at the one thing that God made holy. He made the Sabbath holy, and not that we were supposed to be fixated on a day. We were supposed to take the principle of this is how important rest is to God, that he said, yo, everybody needs to do this, or y'all need to be put to death. You were like, Bro, I'm I'm gonna go to sleep right now because I got scared. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's how important rest is to him. But then what do we started doing? Being superhuman. We trying to is it Saturday that's the Sabbath or is it Sunday that's the Sabbath? Is it time, time, time? And it's like God is looking at us like, bro, y'all just don't get it. It's not about a day. It's the fact that I want y'all to understand that you should not be a part of the hustle culture. I want you to rest. I want you to rest. Because the dirt is where you came from. Even the seasons, no, it's time to you know, hibernate a little bit. It's time to, oh, oh, wait, this is fall? Cool, let me go ahead. Everybody knows how to adjust except us. It's weird, bro. It's giving weird. And so Holy Spirit was like, I, I want you to see rest in a different way. Because if this was modern day time, Mary... <laughs> We would have clowned her. We would have been all on her comments on IG like, "Uh uh-uh, Mary, because first of all, this is my typing. First of all, Mary, it's giving lazy sis. Like, it's giving, like, we would have dragged her, like, literally, right? And so Holy Spirit was like, read that, and I want to show you the way in which the world sees it and the way that God sees it. I said, cool. Let's go to Luke 10. We're going to read from verse 38. And we are going to read about good old Martha and Mary. And when Jesus came to visit. 38. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. 39. Her sister, Mary, sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. 40. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. 41. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 42. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. Mm-hmm. So rich. So rich. First of all, Martha, because I'm about to get, yep, <laughs> let me add a, <laughs> let me read her, sis, because, no, I got you, Mary. First of all, Martha, okay, you invited him here, okay? 
you're not going to just spring up on me like, oh, now we got to make a spread. Macaroni, cheese, barbecue, chicken, collard greens. Like, you're not, mm-mm, I want green beans. Ma'am, you invited him, okay? I, di- I didn't invite him. You didn't run this past me. This wasn't a group decision. Now you want me in the kitchen. Mama's in the kitchen cooking rice. Now you want me in here sweating with you. Why? And in be- mm-mm. No, you go ahead and do what you do, sis. And the fact that I'm sitting here is actually a, a posture of uh, respect, <laughs> because which which you, you would have uh, noticed if he wasn't busy, okay, right? Uh, you would have noticed that he's in here dropping some gems. Like you need to hear this, but you can't hear it over the skillet, okay? All that frying you're doing, you can't hear what he's singing, ma'am. Okay, so first of all, I love the fact that the Bible didn't even have it where um Mary clapped back, because if this was Martha and me, <laughs> I would have been like, ooh. Okay, first of all, like it would have read um verse 40 and and she said first of all. Like <laughs> that's what we would have had to read had it been me cuz first of all it is just the it's the crack knuckle verbally. Like uh, oh you oh you thought oh you thought you read? You thought you did something? Mhm. <laughs> Go get him. Go get him and I would have I would have read her. She would have been first and second um Martha. Like <laughs> like that's what we getting ready to do. We getting ready to read you, ma'am. Because you tried to play me. And not only did you try to play me, you tried to play me in front of company. But not only did you try to play me in front of company, you tried to play me in front of Jesus. Oh, that's what we're doing? Oh, that's low. That's low even for you, ma'am. But what really got my attention is that um, she saw what Mary was doing as something bad. Unfair. How dare she? 40 but Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing she came to Jesus and said Lord doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work tell her to come and help me sir do you not see her just sitting there and just getting wisdom from you and soaking up all the information that she wouldn't get this is a once in a lifetime situation but how dare she rest how dare she sits in a spiritual posture how dare she not be busy how dare she not be in here looking like she's doing all the work how dare she not look like she's you know putting all this together for jesus how dare she just sit there that my sister just sits there that's how you viewed sitting but more importantly Martha that's how you view sitting with Jesus Mm. what about sitting irritates you so bad is it because you don't know how to sit well what about your children resting ma'am when you were when they were younger is it because you couldn't rest when you were younger what is it about you, your workers not looking ultimately super busy when you walk by a person of leadership? Is it because in your particular position you can't rest? And so when you haven't mastered something in your own state, in your own current state, in your own current situation, you look at other people and you frown upon them because how dare they have that and you don't have that? Well, you you chose that. Because you could very well go ahead and start delegating some of these uh, responsibilities you have. You can very well go ahead and say, you know what, I'm going to cook something smaller or I'm going to cook in an hour. And you could have sat with him too, Martha. You could have very well said, you know what, we all do only get one day to sleep in. Let me go ahead and see what it feels like just to go ahead and sleep in in a day. But no, isn't it amazing? I remember literally leadership telling the front receptionist person, it looks like you have too much free time on your hands and then went ahead and filled her with more responsibilities at the same pay. And I could not, for the sake of me, dissect that until this very moment. And it's because the person who said that was too busy. People don't realize that as they're being Martha, they actually are jealous of the fact that you just get to be Mary. It's unfair that you get to rest. It's unfair that you guys have only been married that particular whatever, and you have more peace and more financial gain and more all these things that we didn't have. You know how long it took us to get there? Do you know how long I I, I had to wait until I drove that particular car? Do you know? And you're never, ever, ever supposed to take a posture of if it's difficult for me, it should be difficult for you. If it was difficult for me to ascertain, then I want it to be more difficult for you. Because difficult, I want to be the common denominator, even if it's uncomfortable. 
Isn't it unfair that she just gets to sit while I do all the work? Tell her to come here and help me. How come it wasn't, well, let me go sit with them since nobody's helping me? Why does it have to be that somebody got to contort and go to your side and your side is the uncomfortable side? Why, why do we want to do that? But what really got my attention was Jesus answer. But the Lord said to her verse 41, my dear Martha, he was like, ma'am, <laughs> that's what he really should have said. Ma'am, comma, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. 42, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What got my attention was the word that Jesus decided to use out of all the things. He didn't say, you are worried and upset about what she's doing while you're cooking. He used the word details. You are worried and upset over all these details. He didn't look at the fact that, yo, she's trying to create a meal. She's trying to be the hostess with the mostest. She's trying to be, you know, hospitable. She's trying to be, Jesus didn't look at what her overarching goal was. He looked at the fact that she was trying to control all the variables, even if it was trying to control where her sister sat. No, I don't want her sitting. I want her in here helping me do the work. And he's like, Fill in the blank name, comma. You are worried and upset about all these details. All the bills coming in, all the, you are worried and upset about, yeah, but then the kids got to, and I got to set aside, you are worried about, you know, the job said, and then I feel like you are worried and upset over all these details. What details are you currently getting worried and upset about? And, And the funny thing is, to be honest with you, When I read Martha's response, I didn't hear or pick up worry as much as I did kind of upset. But Martha was distracted, the Bible says, by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. What I sensed when I read that was like, oh, she's a little bit irritated. She feels like she's being taken for granted. She, and Jesus was able to get to the root. He was like, that's worry. That's worry. That's worry and that's upset. And I said, I love that we have a savior that even when we're praying and saying stuff, he's like, "Mm -mm, there's an underlying root of what you're actually saying. What you're actually saying is I'm worried that this dinner is not going to be made in time for you. And I'm upset that she's actually sitting there. I am worried that these bills are not going to get paid. And I'm upset that I can't find a better paying job. I am worried that this relationship is going in this direction. And I'm upset that it feels like I'm not good in relationships. And so Jesus is literally looking at you like, why are you worried and upset about all these details? Why? 42. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Come on, Jesus, speak it. Mary has discovered it and would not be taken away from her. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. I love the fact that that mic drop was so profound because he didn't even describe the one thing. He was just like, if you paid attention to what Mary is doing, she discovered it. (laughs) I'm not even going to insult myself enough to say what she's doing or how she's doing. No, I'm going to go ahead and let you know that there's only one thing that's worth being concerned about. There's only one thing that you need to be concerned about. It's not about the job. It's not about the supervisor. It's not about the bills. It's not about the house. It's not about the car. It's not about the kids. It's not about you so far in the future that it's like, Mary, you so worried and upset over all them details. Okay, it's only one thing worth being concerned about. And Mary has discovered it and it won't be taken from her. And I said, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you reconstruct and reform my ideals behind rest. I pray that I understand it the way that Mary understood it. I pray that in this very moment that I will never see rest as just sitting there the way that Martha did. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that whatever was planted, the seed that was planted earlier on to make me 
look at rest in such a perverted view. I pray that you put me back to my manufacturer default, the way that God saw rest. He saw it as so important. He made it a Sabbath. He made it a thing that was holy. And so I will no longer look at rest like it's just me sitting there. Oh, I pray that that particular new seed grows roots deep enough that it can never be pulled away, that it goes ahead and brings forth fruit that I can share with others and that I will never, ever, ever look at rest the same in the mighty name of Jesus, through the blood of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You gotta understand that there is an attack against rest. Because it's the one thing that God honors. It's the one thing in the one space that God speaks. You not only feel refreshed, you get refilled. You not only get refilled, you get refueled. And what we don't understand is that the world hates that. You Are you even a business owner if you're not super booked? Booked and busy. Are you even, I mean, get about that bag. And we live in a world that it's like, if you're not busy, like, why? what are you doing? Are you just sitting there? And I rebuke the spirit of Martha. No, it's not just sitting here because in this sitting at Jesus's feet, in this sitting and having this quiet time with God, he gives me ideas. He gives me his next steps. He gives me, tells me his provision. He gives me glimpses of my future that gives me the hope. Like I get refilled and I see a world and I see my path in a way that I would have never saw it the same. I don't want to be busy and stumbling my wage from one blessing to the next. I want to actually understand, okay, God, you're trying to get me here. And so I need to go ahead and get shaped and sharpened here and so okay and I'm just ebbing and flowing with God and I'm ebbing and flowing so I'm sorry that if my quiet time with God if the time that he takes to refill me looks like I'm just sitting here oh you quit your job just to go ahead because I'll be honest when I quit my job at first the first thing that came to mind was okay so how am I going to supplement and bring in the same amount of income and I got down to the dollar amount okay so I need to be doing this and I got to bring in this amount and God was like Martha (laughs) you worried about all them details ma'am I can go ahead and drop one time let somebody do a, a super uh go on your site on created to multiply.com and go to your shop and look at your merch line and be like you know what i'm just gonna bless it and bring in a thousand on a day like you don't listen stop looking at god like he's one of your um sources and just look at the fact that he is the source i had to on- be honest with myself i said god i was looking at you like yo y- you're part of me getting some of the resources i have and i had to just take off the re and say bro you're the source you're the source. There's nothing else before you. So listen, I could try to go ahead and might my way through something and with all my strength to do something and, and put my heart into something. But then that means that I'm preoccupied with the very three items that the Bible says I need to go ahead and give you. I need to love you with all my mind, all my heart and all my strength. So anything else that's taking all of that and I'm trying to put it into something and create something else, I'm actually going against the grain. You're like, bro, if you just came to me, I can go ahead and lead you to the promised land milk and honey like if you just come to me I can tell you how to go ahead and do that business if you just come to me I can tell you how to raise that child if you just come to me I can tell you which friend is foe if you just come to me I can tell you which supervisor to stay behind you don't even got to hear from your co-worker who got her ear to the streets like yo they were talking about you next time they come to you you're gonna be able to say oh God already told me like yo I am the source matter of fact God got the sauce <laughs> you understand we got to start looking at rest differently bruh I I hate the fact that we live in a world that yo if you got more stuff to do the first thing that gets depleted that we take away from is sleep then the second that we go ahead and pull away from family then the third that we go ahead and pull away from are things that we actually want to do and that fill us up and make us feel like you know play and restful and all of that it's like what So when you are too busy, you don't look at, well, let me go ahead and rearrange my calendar. Let me go ahead and start executing this protective word called no. Let me go ahead and start pulling some of this stuff away because it's pulling from me. The first thing you say is, okay, plug up something yet 
another thing to my soul so it can zap me. Like, that's what you're doing? Like, if you're not able, so you need to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning to do all of your calendar, you got too much to do. Yeah, that busyness is not of God. That Not if it's starting to peel into the things that God actually honors. He honors rest. You understand? Man, listen, this thing means so much to me because when I start to see what God is trying to go ahead and show in the spirit, I feel like I, we need, listen, put me on some, I wish I can campaign. I'm not a political grandbaby, but it's like, I'm on a campaign for people being free. And first I understand that God has to unshackle me. He has to give me divine insight before I go ahead and start telling people this. And I actually see the proof and the fruit of what God is showing me. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, we live in a world that's not allowing for us to prosper in the way that God truly wants us to prosper. The Bible says, I want you to prosper as your soul prospers, not as your bank account prospers, not as your clientele prospers, not as your calendar prospers. I, brother, I pray that you prosper as your soul prospers. But we don't live in that kind of world. But then again, we're not even supposed to be a part of the world like that. Bro, you a foreigner. You're a spirit being, having a human being experience. You understand? Who, yo, if we don't get up this phone, I'm going, I can talk about this for hours. <laughs> Literally, because I don't, I'm done. I'm done playing this game. Not doing the God's way is yielding fruit that God didn't want us to have. It's yielding sicknesses. It's yielding mental health issues. It's built like the stuff that is yielding. It's like God doesn't want that. So maybe go back to your manufacturer default so you can get what God wanted you to have. Crying out loud, bruh. I want to scream, but I don't want to scream in your ear because I like when we have our conversations. But then I am very much screaming. We need to have a different relationship with rest. So my challenge is actually just going to be a question to you. And my question is, are you resting? Are you resting? Very much Mary. No longer Martha. And I truly feel, and I'm going to repeat it. I said it before and I'll say it again. Maybe that's why it's called a marathon. Because the root word in there is Martha. You understand? It's, yo, can I, look at me. Yes, through the phone, look at me. Can we make a vow to each other that, no matter what this world is doing, we will get the things of God the way that God wants to give it to us. That we will not accumulate wealth and things and any other tangible what accolade the way that the world will deem, oh, that looks great. Can we make a vow? Because I work much better in, in like, you know, team. Like, I want to, like... If I could put my my finger through the phone, like we would do the pinky swear and then like kiss the thumb, like yeah. Um, can we make a vow to each other that it's not it's no longer any means necessary. It's no longer you know hustling and I'm being consistent. Consistency is dope, but can we just sit at the feet of Jesus and just ask him, what do you want to do with me in this season? Because God can do way more. <laughs> he can do it better, faster, thoroughher. The fruit will be tastier. It's just, can we do it his way? Because if we're honest, the way that we ascertained it, aren't you tired? Seriously. And I don't know why he has me in this season that is getting my attention, but my attention is very much, it, it, it's, yeah, I, he, he has it. So can we just, can we be different? Can we be set apart the way that the Bible says? Can we do it in a way that we're like, I know that you got to get up at 3 a.m.? And I know that you feel like if, you know, if it's, it doesn't look like this and it's not successful, but, um, I don't follow the world's ideal of success. I follow my dad 
and I sit at the feet of my Savior, and I understand that he wants to save more than just my life, he literally wants me to have the abundance and the peace and the fruits of the Holy Spirit that it says in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. He wants to do something so incredible that maybe, just maybe, he may use me as a poster child that people may turn from the ways of the world and look at you and I and go, wait a minute. What? So you're successful and you sleep in? Wait a minute. So you're successful and you have a different quality of life? wait a minute you're successful and you still have time for the things and the people that mean something to you wait a minute so the only thing that you really sacrificed was doing it the world's way <laughs> wait a minute I just I, like could could we possibly start a, a movement where people are literally like because the average business person would tell you they had to sacrifice time with their kids, they had to sacrifice time with their family, they had you know, but not too long, and they had to you know sleep, and then uh, you working all these hours, and and it's like mm, that sounds like the world. Hey Martha, <laughs> um, but I want it the way Mary had it, yeah, and I want mine the way that God intends it, and He says, I pray that you prosper. As your soul prospers, I believe that Paul said that hmm? when he was speaking to Timothy. Okay, great. Or maybe the other way around, but it's in there. Listen, we get off the phone because we're going to be on here for another five hours because you know when I get passionate about something, how I feel, okay? I feel like you got what you needed, though. I do because I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, you know what these conversations are about, Okay. They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person is going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Yeah. And I'm smiling because I'm proud of me. <laughs> Listen, created the number two, multiply.com for all the things. Created to multiply the YouTube. Strive in, the letter in, inspire, uh, on the Patreon for the text and the blogging communities. Listen, I'm with it. Like I got my hand raised in the spirit. Like God use me, use me. Yeah, you know, I, cause I already see the world is not, I don't, the world's way ain't it. I ain't going to hold you. It ain't it. And the world's going to look at me like I'm weird, but I'm going to look at God like, yeah, this ain't nothing new. They were saying stuff about Jesus. <laughs> like it is what it is. So like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Prepare. To see a restful me like you've never seen before. And I will prosper as my soul prospers. Okay. But I'm going to go ahead and let you go because you have a YouTube, a Patreon, a website. You have so many things. And you know what? But that's what keeps us connected. Okay. That's what makes this friendship worth picking up the phone for every week. You understand? But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go. We talk later. All right. Later.